so far. Today, I had a very, very stressful day at work. It, it was just, it was just a lot all at once. Like I have been working, uh, how many years? Well, I won't give, I, I can't remember the year off the top of my head, but I've been working at my uh, place for a while now. And, you know, basically today was just the most stressful day that I've had since starting uh, at my workplace. And so just, it was so bad actually, that I actually ended up having to skip my, skip my break and also, oh, dear, like, dear. I had to, I had to delay my lunch for two hours. That's how bad it was. And so, after just a stressful, stressful day, I, I kind of, I held on, I held on to some hope, if you will, so, <laughs> because there was one thing that I knew was gonna be able to cheer me up, gonna get me going when I come home, and that was talking some basketball, and specifically talking about some Kings basketball. And that's what we are here to do today. Let's talk some Kings basketball. Whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. D didn't you get the memo? What? What memo? Mr. Ivy doesn't seem like he wants to be in Sacramento. <sighs> God damn it. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> that's just the life of a Kings fan sometimes. Okay, uh, full disclosure, we were supposed to do uh, draft profiles for Jeremy Sohan, uh, Jalen Williams, and uh, can you give me the, I, I'm blanking right now, who, who was the third guy that we were supposed to do it on? Mr. Williams. <laughs> Mr. Williams, sorry. Uh, we were supposed to do draft profiles um, on these guys, but... Yeah, boy got a little carried away because he started watching Asian dramas again. There is this series that I'm watching that at this point I'm hate watching right now. And I, if you ask me why am I hate watching it, I'm, I'm 26 episodes in and there's 30. I might as well finish it at this point. It's been painful, but I got to finish it. So uh, why am I telling you this? Because uh, because I was watching that series, that drama, I forgot to <laughs> do research on these guys. So that's why you guys aren't getting a draft episode. But I have uh, created just enough to fill up uh, for this episode. Um, you, you guys will be getting the, we will be bringing you guys the uh, draft profiles for Jeremy Sohan, uh, Jalen Williams, is, is, is Jalen Williams, right? Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, the third guy whose a name keeps escaping me. God damn it. Uh, anyways, yes, that, that episode will come next. Uh, as of now, uh, we're going to talk a little bit, some news with the Kings uh, at the aforementioned Jaden Ivey. Uh, game five of the NBA Finals. Uh, Christian Wood just traded to the Mavs. And just a little uh, sidebar for wrestling. Let's talk about uh, Monday Night Raw, especially, specifically the third hour. Okay. All right, so um, not not a whole lot of Kings news as of late. There have been draft workouts. Uh, there have been a lot of people coming through SAC. Jeremy Sohan actually came through SAC uh, recently for presumably a workout, unless he just wants to, you know, visit Gavin Newsom. But I'm going to assume he was here to work out for the Kings. Um, there, so a lot of prospects have been coming through. But one of the news that has uh, just basically kind of caught the eye or the ear of a lot of NBA viewers is Keegan Murray 
uh, is basically he's warming up to he, he is now the preferred pick for Mike Brown and owner Vivek Rondadive. What are your thoughts on that? Hmm. I don't mind it, but I feel like he could still be a trade down in my opinion. Like maybe we could get him in the, well, after the fives picks or whatnot, or whatever numbers after four, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty intriguing thing uh, to hear from, you know, that Mike Brown and, I mean, Vivek, sure, uh, are interested <laughs> in this. Uh, but how does our GM think about this? I'm wondering. Look, uh, let's address the Vivek thing. It Not everything Vivek likes is bad. <laughs> let's get that yeah. out of the way. <laughs> like, it's not a bad thing. Like, Keegan Murray is a fine player for the most part. He projects to be a, a fine player. He's, you can't really go wrong with Keegan Murray. It's just that, like, you know, if you've been listening to James Ham, if you're listening to King's Pulse, if you've been listening to a lot of viewers, a lot of them say Keegan Murray is the best fit for the team. But you have the number four pick. When you have the number four pick, you got to go with the upside. And that's why Jaden Ivey is the kind of the guy that, you know, a lot of people think the King should take. And, you know, again, Keegan Murray is a fine player. If, and I, you know, I wouldn't be that angry if they picked him. It'd be a very disappointing pick to a certain degree, just because he doesn't project to have the upside that a lot of like these, you know, these other guys do. And you just don't spend the fourth pick on him like that. But you can totally understand why, like, you know, Mike Brown. Mike Brown is a guy that knows basketball. Like, you can understand why Mike Brown would like Keegan Murray. Yeah, and I mean, we do like Keegan Murray as well. It's just like you said. The fourth pick, there's a probably a, a couple other guys that uh, should be picked in that uh, spot. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we're exploring a potential maybe trade down or you know, I guess mid draft trade, if we do like you know pick some someone else and you know try to trade for him in the middle, I mean, I probably go for that. But it, I mean, the I mean the possibilities are you know pretty much endless at this point. It is indeed endless, and just kind of reading the tea leaves a little bit, doesn't sound like the Kings, like, they're not locked in on one thing. It, it, they, are, are, they, they are exploring every single option out there, because there's a lot of talk of moving down. There's even talk about moving up, and, you know, of course, like, fl floating a trade out there. Um, okay, let, let, let's get to it. Jane and Ivy. So, basically, Jonathan Gavoy of ESPN, I think that's how you pronounce his name, he, he basically came out with this mock draft and he had the Kings picking, uh, Ke or not Keegan Murray, uh, Jaden Ivey. And there is a tidbit in there that talks about Keegan Murray being the, be, possibly being the preferred pick of Mike Brown and Vivek Rondadive. But also there's a tidbit in that, in that section that says Sacramento is not a preferred destination for uh, Jaden Ivey. And they talk about just kind of the fit of it would be tricky and the idea that maybe he doesn't want to share um responsibility responsibilities with De'Aaron he doesn't want to split split the spotlight if you will to a certain well maybe that that's a bad way of saying it he the it basically is implied the fit would be tricky mm. 
Oh, I mean, we could make it work, but I mean, if you know, Mr. Ivy himself says that he does not want to, because I don't think I've seen articles of him personally saying that, no, I don't want to be uh, drafted in Sacramento. Uh, I want to go somewhere else. I don't think I've ever uh, seen an article like that in recent memory. Um, I mean, I still think that we could make it work. And we've said in previous podcasts probably uh, that, you know, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll make this work pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, I hate to bring this up. Last time we talked about fit, it didn't go very well. Mm-hmm. It just like the the idea is that you draft the talent and you figure it out how hell the first went in our first mock draft or not mock draft our first draft episode for you know that we did i talked about just pop you know, like if ivy is the guy there worst case scenario you draft him and just trade him immediately float him out there see what you can get because he had because he's a guy that has a lot of value like even if he even if he doesn't want to play for you, even if he doesn't play well, a lot of people are going to be able to talk to themselves. Well, it's the Kings, and like we can do something with him. We'll and we'll give up something for him. So like and like you know, you never know. Maybe it could work. Jaden Ivey is a very talented player, and like you know, he uh, there's been a lot of talk. He's a great off ball player. So like you know, there is a universe where this could work. But you know there there are issues with the fit. Let's not ignore that. But it's 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 a tricky fit. It's a wonky fit. But I, but I would take my chances with it. Oh yeah, I definitely and, would too. Oh. And uh, sorry sorry to cut you off. But remember how I said this is the time where you just don't listen to any reports because a lot of it is bullshit. Mm-hmm. This is in that category. He, he yeah. can he can float it out there that he doesn't want to be drafted by the Kings. You know who didn't want to be drafted by the team they were drafted to? Steph Curry. How'd that oh, work out? Yeah. How'd that work out? Oh, yeah. That reminds me of Harry Giles at the time, too, where he tweeted out that Sacramento was whack. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he was 15. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, going back to <laughs> Ivy, I mean, yeah, I mean, we could draft him. I mean, there's no, you know, hearsay or whatever you say uh on that uh i mean we have a whole season to go we can see how it plays out and you know if stuff doesn't work out there's always that uh whatchamacallit trade before the whatchamacallit uh all-star i guess yeah um like again just draft a guy and just have it's just you can do something with the talent and what the important thing is to you know gather talent Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Okay. Well, now that that's over, um, let's talk about the finals. Uh, so it since last episode, game five has happened. The Warriors jumped out to a, a big, a pretty de- decent-sized lead, uh, led for much of the first half uh, by a big chunk. Uh, the Celtics stay strong, and we're able to cut, kind of like keep it at a manageable deficit. Uh, before exploding in the third quarter, where honestly the Warriors look like the third quarter kings for a moment. But uh, they managed to kind of weather the storm in the, in the third quarter, the Warriors did. And then they come out strong in the fourth quarter, and Boston just kind of ran out of gas. 
what did you think of the game? Uh, as usual, kind of missed the first half. Uh, but man, that third quarter for Boston was big. <laughs> I forgot how many threes they shot in a row. I, I think uh, at one point, the commentator said they hit eight straight, uh, just straight free pointers. I'm pretty sure there's like one or two more right after that play. But man, Jason Tatum was not missing during that point. Al Horford hit one or two, I forgot. And then Marcus Smart just hit another one or two of those as well. I mean, I was like, what? <laughs> How are they hitting this May threes now? I mean, like the, the thing that's annoying watching Tatum as, as, as the opponent is that there is only so much you can do about a step back threes. Like his, his greatest skill is shooting threes over people. And there are just moments that he just does not miss. And he wasn't, he wasn't great in the first half. Like, you know, he was a bit sloppy with the ball, but like he came alive in the third and yeah, really just kind of willed them back. And, you know, his passing overall has been great. There were some sloppy passes, but he's been great at just drawing the defense and, you know, making plays for others. And it's on, you know, the other guys, um, to, you know, be able to hit shots like him and Jalen Brown kind of, you know, they're the engine of the offense. And, it, and then it's up to the, the other players, you know, Marcus Smart, Al Horford to be able to finish those plays. And in the third quarter, they did fourth quarter, not so much. Yeah. And also I, to be honest, I feel like if Boston also hit maybe, you know, a few more free throws, I think it'd been, uh, a lot closer game. That, that was another thing that was just like I had said. I had said like even while they were up, they are gonna punch themselves if they if they lose this game because they miss so many free throws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason Tatum two for six this game, man, <laughs> and missed two huge ones like down the stretch, and like yeah. that was when you just saw like just how unbelievably gassed he was because he was shooting fadeaways and they were air balls. He was shooting like you know turnarounds that turn into you know like short breaks you just could see that he was done like in the fourth quarter and then of course the faint the just unnecessary Draymond and Gary Payton following Jason Tatum to the bench for no reason like I I get that that's annoying Draymond smelled blood (laughs) he smelled blood he saw he smelled that Jason Tatum was done and he's just gonna annoy the shit out of him just to finish him off essentially oh yeah (laughs) I mean, they always go for that kill. Yeah. Um, Steph did not really, I mean, yeah, he didn't really play all that well. I mean, the thing with Steph, even when he's not playing well, you are dedicating like at least one or two guys on him, like at all times. This game, they literally just stuck Marcus Smart and Derek, Derek White to him the entire game and just did not let him, you know, get anything easy. But even some of the misses that he had from like 30, 40 feet, I mean, I hate to say it, they're they're makeable shots. Like, I don't think he misses the next game. But, like, yeah, they took him out of the game. And luckily for the Warriors, you know, Andrew Wiggins stepped up. Uh, you know, Jordan Poole stepped up for moments. Clay hit some huge shots. Draymond looking like he's back alive all of a sudden. And, you know, the role players came through. Yeah, for Steph, I mean, he's always going to be a threat no matter what. And, you, you know, you just never know if he's going to get that streak going for his threes. But, I mean, sadly, he, he shot zero for nine. But, 
you know, that's that's how it is usually. Uh, this must have been like what his it's definitely his first playoff game without hitting a free for sure. I believe it's the first game he hasn't hit a three in in a game since 2018. I believe the last one was was against the Bucks. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it doesn't happen very often. Let me ask you this question. Should like I, I, I don't know how much you were paying attention. Like, sh- do you think the do you think the Celtics are like do you think this was a good game plan? Like what they did to just take Steph out of the game the way the way they did? Uh I'd say so because I mean, like you said, if it weren't for Andrew Wiggins, if it weren't for Clay actually hitting shots for once. I mean, it's been definitely Boston's game, to be honest. And, you know, uh, credit to their defense, but they also needed to hit uh, their shots in the fourth and also, you know, hit their free throws to be able to keep up with this uh, Golden State offense. Now, would you say that the the Celtics should just be okay with what happened this game and just say, you know what, if Andrew Wiggins beats us, then Andrew Wiggins beats us? Uh, I don't know because I, like I said, I still think uh, Warriors can win in six. So um, we'll see about how they fend off at home. But yeah, for sure, Steph is gonna be uh, coming back. Uh, I, I don't really have too much faith in Clay, but you know, really, really. Okay, well, that was gonna be one of my questions. You know what? Let, let's jump to that question. Okay, it's Game Six. It is Game Six. I forgot. Oh. Game six is, clay. Is, is, is game six clay going to come in boston oh you know what i'm gonna change my answer yes he is <laughs> yeah, i'm predicting a big a big game from clay too what about what about this do you think that steph is gonna have a bounce back game or like let, let me ask it this way let me ask you this you know second part of the question do you think he shot do you think he just fired all his all his bullets in game four Mm, no, I think he still has stuff left in him. And, you know, he's still going to be a threat regardless being out there, uh, even if he doesn't hit his shots. It's actually pretty incredible just how dangerous Steph is. There were, like, the, the, the crucial threes that Clay hit, uh, like, a lot of them were generated by guys just being so scared of Steph being open. There was a crucial three in the third quarter. I believe the Warriors were down, I, I think they were down five or six at that point. And I think I think what happened was Grant Williams tripped and ended up basically leaving Steph open. Uh, Jalen Brown is guarding Clay Thompson. Jalen Brown sees, uh, sees Grant Williams fall down immediately jumps to Steph, leaving of all people Clay Thompson open. That is just how dangerous that gravity is. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, again, even when Steph isn't scoring, he is just, he just, his gravitational pull of like just how he warps the, warps like the defense is just absolutely incredible. And, you know, again, if, if game six Clay can, can like have a showing in Boston, like he did, you know, famously in OKC, it's going to be pretty incredible. Okay, la- last question um, before I have your prediction of who's going to win. Um, do you th- so a lot? Of, I, do you think a lot of people were basically, you know, buzzing around? You know, that most people have said that Steph needs to win his Finals MVP, his first Finals MVP. Mm-hmm. There was some buzz saying that Andrew Wiggins after this game <laughs> should, should have a vote. 
Yeah, I saw that buzz. Um, I mean, he's he was he's pretty consistent. Not gonna lie, throughout all these games, but he's been great on defense, though. Yeah, right. for sure. I'd say he'd be a close second if you know Warriors did end up winning Game Six, but I I, I have a feeling that Steph is gonna step up, have a great game alongside with Clay, and he'll win that Finals MVP. So how will the Celtics be able to overcome Game Six Clay, a Steph Curry, a Steph Curry <laughs> bounce back game, and also an an Andrew Wiggins game? They, they better play the best goddamn defense that they could for uh, right at home, and hopefully, you know, hit some shots for once. And definitely, those role players gonna have to hit those threes as well. It's, I mean, maybe maybe Al Horford comes back alive. Yeah, I mean, he he really only had like what one or two great free like what three point games. So yeah, I, I even though he shot he shot what forty six percent from three, I was just I always thought that's not really a guy you have to defend the three point line. Sure, mm-hmm. he's shooting a great percentage, and with a decent amount of attempts, I think it was like just under four attempts or like a little bit over four attempts. He's not really that guy you have to guard. Like, oh no, it's just one of those things. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Celtics' backs are against the wall. They have rose to the occasion. Like, they lost Game Five against the Bucks, and we thought they were dead in the water. Jason Tatum gets gets forty six points in Game Six. You just mentioned could not miss from three. Like, he's gonna have some moments, and he has not played well. Well, like he hasn't he hasn't been efficient, but like he's been good, mm-hmm. and it's just. I think it. I think it ultimately falls falls upon the role players. Like, can you get Marcus Smart to play to not do Marcus dumb things? Can Can you have Marcus Smart instead? Yeah, that's a tall glass to ask. So <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, I don't think I, I'm pretty sure Marcus Smart is going to continue to do Marcus Smart things. Okay, so guessing from all your predictions of everyone that's going to have a good game on the Warriors, I'm guessing you're you're predicting the Warriors to close out. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, that's my that's my prediction too. What about this? What if they lose Game Six? Do you have a lot of confidence in Game Seven? Because honestly, I don't. Mm, really, you don't think so? Back at home. That does that. That has just proven not to really matter, in my opinion. Uh. Because, yeah, like, I, you think about it, game seven, game seven, and in, in, well, game seven was in Boston from Milwaukee, but they were game seven in Miami, and pretty like Celtics pretty thoroughly dominated that game. Now I don't know the you know the mentality of either side when it comes to game seven, but knowing the Warriors with finals experience, which I mean, very few of the what you call it team has but uh <laughs> since they have a lot of new acquisitions um i'm pretty sure they have a strong mental state to you know close this game if it does come down to game seven i will say game sevens in the bay area not a great history mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i i mean i let's just say i wouldn't exactly be confident they win game seven if the if this if the warriors lose game six Mm-hmm. Um, so okay if, if the Warriors win does Steph cry a- after he gets Ooh. his finals MVP trophy he's probably going to get it I mean all those emotions have to come out somehow right 
yeah, I think I think he does. Like he was so hyped after Game Four. Like he he doesn't cry. He doesn't show a lot like that much emotion. He didn't cry in 2015, which you know it's just like I think I think it's time. This is like when he finally kind of ascends to like not LeBron status, but like it's right there. I mean, he's he's gonna ascend up there for sure, <laughs> but man. We'll have to see because I mean, this is probably the first time I've seen him uh, <laughs> cry. If he does, yeah. Okay. Well, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, there was a trade that happened. Uh, Christian Wood to the Mavericks. Uh, I believe it was for Boban, Trey Burke, uh, some other pieces, uh, and the twenty and this year's draft pick. I believe is the twenty eighth draft pick or twenty sixth. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I don't remember either. <laughs> to be honest. Well, what are your thoughts? That's Christian Wood. Will Will Christian Wood bring the maps to to the next level? Mm, I think he be a good piece. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much of a step up uh, they would be. I mean, the Mavs got so far in this year's uh, you know playoffs that the acquisition of Christian Wood uh, it might cement them to be, how would I say it, consistent playoff, be a consistent playoff team or, you know, consistently going to playoffs? I mean... I mean, they're they're already that, to, in my opinion. It's more of just, I, like, to take them to the next level, Christian Wood is a good player. Yeah. But I don't think he's the guy to take them over the top. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the issue with them is they're... I mean, it is their offense. They need another creator, but... He's not really the guy you want creating. No. I mean, there's still enough time for them to find that guy, but I, don't, I actually don't know who's even out there that they could acquire to, you know, be that type of guy to, you know, assist the Mavs. Um, so, my, well, like this, I mentioned this trade. Well, first of all, it's one of the bigger trades that happened. I know Denver had a trade, but. I'm sorry, like Jermichael Green, I, I, that that's not doing for me. But uh-huh. like Christian Wood is a good player, and I thought like if if the price for John Collins was too high, Christian Wood would be a pretty good budget version of that. Mm, yeah, that's the only issue I have with uh, Christian Wood is that he's a bit of a bit of a moron, if you will, bit of a bit of a locker room problem to say the least, and. You know, he's had a history of just being a little too full of himself and just like basically rubbing people a little bit of the wrong way. It also says something like he's a very talented player and like, you know, he's on a like a rebuilding team that needs talent that they were willing to just ship him out just like that. Yeah, I think being in, you know, a new scenario, being in that in the natural playoff team, I think, uh, his mindset will change. I, I mean, for sure, when they start winning, I'm pretty sure his whole like demeanor will be a lot different than what uh, you know Houston's used to, I guess. Or have Detroit. You, have you seen the Have you seen the uh, the meet the GIF of Jay Z seeing uh, Kelly Rowland? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> oh, you have not. Damn it. Well, like I, I've been on Twitter a lot. Uh, J- Josiah Johnson tweets that a lot, but like it's the idea that like. Jay-Z sees this uh, woman she, she, that he's known for a long time that like seeing her for the first time and he's so happy to see her. That, that's the idea. 
And basically, Josiah Johnson, great NBA Twitter follow, tweeted out like Luca seeing Christian Wood. It's just, he's so happy. I think that's going to turn real quick because I just, there is personality issues with him. And like, if he's a guy that's going to be demanding the ball a lot and demanding this, demanding that, like that, that meme is going to be tweeted again, but it's going to be Luca seeing Boban. <laughs> like, because, you know, they traded Boban in this trade, man. Yeah, he's a great locker room presence too. So, uh, I wish the Kings could get him somehow. I would love, I would love to take a picture with him, meet him. He, he's a great guy. Oh yeah, I mean, seven foot what three? Seven Four? three. Yes. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine seeing someone that tall. I mean, they 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 need they need to get him back to Philly somehow. They, he, you need to re, reunite him with Tobias. You just have to. Oh yeah, great friends of him. Yeah, you you just need to. And you talk about like, you know, the Jay-Z Kelly Rowland, like that would be a perfect like encapsulation of that meme right there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Last thing that I'll quickly talk about. Uh, So Monday uh, was the NBA Finals game. Um, Started at six, ended at around 830. It kind of coincided with Monday Night Raw, which apparently, which I didn't watch the full show. I I watched some of the third hour just because I heard there, there was some really funny stuff about it or, or specifically there was a very painful watch. Uh, the main event of Monday night raw was a pose down with Austin theory and Bobby Lashley. Yes. The main event of that show was a pose down. And if you wonder what a pose down is, it's basically kind of a bodybuilding, uh, you know, when you watch like, you know, body bodybuilding competitions where this, the guys flex a certain way. That's basically, that was the main event. No joke. And someone brought up the fact that, yeah, the, yeah, the finals were on. So Vince kind of just stopped trying and they just had to fill the third hour with some random stuff. And I just thought it was really funny. Honestly, <laughs> it's just, God, a Raw's tear. I'm glad I don't watch that show live. Yeah. Like, you showed me the clip, and like I said uh, before we started this podcast, you got to see it to believe it. And I didn't believe it until I saw it. And you mentioned that it's, this is the main event. Yeah, th- this has to go down in one of the worst main events for Raw in a while. Imagine you paid a ticket to go to Monday Night Raw, and that's what you see. I mean, they're probably not basketball fans. That's why they didn't, you know, I guess, watch the game, I guess. You know, shout out to Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley. I I didn't know, like, Austin Theory was that swole. Like, normally when he's not flexing, he looks, you know, relatively, like, normal in terms of WWE standards. But Bobby Lashley, he's got muscles in places I didn't know you could get muscles. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) whatchamacallit. Uh, what was he? No, he was former MMA, right? He was former MMA, yes. So yeah, I, I for some reason I kept on thinking he was former like bodybuilder, but I mean he he really definitely should be. Have you heard the story about him when he first started out? Like he started out in a place called OVW, which was mm. which is basically like a developmental for WWE back in the day, and mm. apparently the trainers at that at the developmental like you know region had to hide him from vince when vince came to visit because they knew if vince saw him he would essentially ejaculate on the spot and bring him to the main roster right away which was what ended up happening when he saw him so (laughs) i just thought thought it was really funny oh man 
I mean, Vince, Vince loves his big sweaty men. And like, again, like Bobby Lashley has not aged one bit, by the way. He just, he's always been this buff somehow. Oh, yeah. I mean, hopefully whatever storyline also that comes between him and, uh, was it Austin Fury is good because I mean, <laughs> knowing me, I haven't watched WWE in a while and I had no idea that Bobby was face now. <laughs> Uh, one person you will have no idea that is, did you know that Edge turned heel? I mean, he's about to turn heel eventually, right? So he turned heel, uh, I think, right before WrestleMania. He's a face again all of a sudden. Wait, so is he face now or he, heel now? So he was betra- So he was a heel and he was betrayed by his stable judgment day. By the way, what the fuck? What the fuck happened? Uh-huh. Um, so, Yeah. Great state of affairs right now. Um, yeah, Cody's injured, so they don't have a top baby face. That's what's kind of been speculated. They needed a top baby face. Okay. <laughs> I mean, sure. Whatever WWE's writing, go for it, I guess. I mean, what's and, the... And also, Roman's on a part-time schedule now. He, he's basically Brock Lesnar at this point. Oh, really? Oh. That's which, kinda... which I get. I'm actually okay with it. Like, Brock always felt to me he hadn't earned that position, in my opinion. He's a he's a fucking star, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, like it just always felt like he he was a bit kind of like entitled in that position. Roman, on the other hand, has worked for it. And honestly, Brock has always been one of the smartest guys in the business. Why work, you know, 300 days a year when you can work five? <laughs> and honestly, yeah. earn more money working five. Yeah it's a crazy paycheck but uh let's see so what what is the you know best storyline so far in uh, WWE currently uh i guess the rise of matt riddle um oh, matt riddle okay. matt riddle's been really good like he he had a tag team with randy orton it really got over like you yeah know? yeah but the weird thing the weird thing with that is randy's also on a bit of a part-time schedule so he's actually off tv right now too Oh really? It's a uh, it's just weird. They're they're work they're they're working with a kind of, I want to say they're working with a skeleton crew, but they have really talented guys. Like I love Chad Gable. I love Mustafa Ali. They're not doing fuck all with those guys. I love Otis. I love Otis. They're not doing much with him. And yeah, I mean it's, it's a, I mean it, it is what it is at this point. I mean I don't I don't watch the show most of the time. I mostly watch it off of Wrestle Talk because. Like who? Why would you watch this for fun at this point? It's it's a horrible product. Um, but yeah, like they're 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 kind of strapped right now. But like you know, under better management, at some point, like maybe maybe things will get better. But as of now, like it, it ain't getting better anytime soon. Like Roman's on a part time schedule. Cody's injured. Um, Randy Orton's on a part part time schedule. Mm. They, I they don't they they got to figure it out. But it ain't gonna happen. Mm, I see. So does that mean like no arcade bro for a while, or is it just Matt Riddle being a solo cast for however X amount of days until Randy comes back? I think he's a solo solo cast for now. Um, I think he's actually facing Roman this Friday. Really? Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> so this is okay. I'm just I'm just kind of like you know. I'm just kind of riding the, I'm just kind of like chilling. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to freak out over like WWE. It's been a bad product for a while. 
Um, yeah. Like people act surprised, like when they don't plan the shows out very well and the shows are shit. So it, it's to be expected. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that actually went on for a little bit longer than I expected. Um, well, that's all. That's all I have on my docket. Anything else you want to quickly talk about before we end it? Nope. Just excited for tomorrow's game. Hopefully the Warriors come out on top. Uh, Steph winning the finals MVP. Uh, then pretty much we'll have probably like what one more episode until the actual draft happening for the Sacramento Kings. Yep. Uh, yeah, we will be going over the three players that we mentioned. Uh, we will make it up to you guys. Um, and we will do an episode a day before the draft, just so we can kind of get our official predictions, have all the news at, at our fingertips before the draft and make a educated guess of who the Kings are going to take, what the Kings are going to do, and what's going to go down during the draft. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll see you guys later.